The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. I will not wear the mask. 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 I will not wear a mask. I will not get the vaccine. I will not get the vaccine. And I will not get the vaccine. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. In the Lord, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust, and I will not be afraid. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come to you. Do not hide your face from me in the day. For the Lord is the great God, and the great King above all. Rise up, O judge of the earth. Render punishment to the proud. Lord, how long will the wicked, how long will the wicked triumph? Righteousness and justice are the foundation of this I hate the work of those who follow it. With my mouth I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. For I have said, mercy shall be built up forever. Your faithfulness you shall stand. On an instrument of ten strings, on the lute and on the harp, with harmonious sound. For you, O Lord, have made me glad through your works. I will triumph in the works of your name. are on high forevermore. For behold, your enemies shall perish. All the workers of iniquity shall be scattered. I will defy tyrants. 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 And with that, good morning, America. Welcome Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people, and all the boat rockers who are in the house and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio, where we use the Bible and the Constitution not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S.-occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns you about. I hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative word of God. Glad that, excuse me, you guys have joined us here this morning. I'm doing a couple of things as I'm going along uh, because I got something I want to show you before we bring on Lynn this morning. But if you want to watch the video portion of the radio show, if you want to join us there, check us out online, sonsoflibertymedia.com. If you want to see who we are and what we do, go to sonslibertyradio.com. But if you head over to sonslibertymedia.com, you listen by way of Red State Talk Radio, scroll down on the right side of the page, and you will see us going live, second video down. The one above that is Bradley's from yesterday. You can catch his show there and also he is live at 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central. So if you want to catch Bradley, head over to sonslibertymedia.com. You can also click on that, enlarge it, 
You can see the faces made for radio, and you can jump in on the chat. We've got a lot of people like-minded. If you agree with our message, which is using the Bible and the Constitution, not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow, then you'll like the people that we have in the chat, at least for the most part. <laughs> you might get a stray here and there, and that's okay, too. We want them to come in, and we want them to be a part of what we're doing, too. Um, <clears throat> but you can do that at sonslibertymedia.com. Scroll up above that, and there's an area where you can subscribe to our newsletter. You get one email a day. That's it. We don't spam it. We don't rent it out, your your email to somebody. We don't sell it to somebody. Um, you're not going to get a whole bunch of junk in your in your email box, just the one email a day. That includes, by the way, the morning show archive, uh, just like we had yesterday with Franklin Sanders, the most dangerous man in the Mid-South. That comes in. That came in the email last night. For those of you who are signed up on there, and uh, the one for today will also be in there along with the other articles that we have each day. If you would like to help us in what we do, we do have needs that um, it costs money to do the things that we do, but we don't ask you for money. What we do is we tell you we have those needs. We go ahead and we're doing what we're doing, trusting the Lord to provide. If you want to donate to us and you have the ability to do so, there's a donate button at the top of sonsoflibertymedia.com, or you can partner with us as a son or daughter of liberty and become a monthly partner. That's also there on the page, and our store is available. Lots of products in there that uh, help you in your sphere of influence and also help us do what we're doing here at Sons of Liberty. Now, some of you noticed over the past, I guess, maybe week, I actually had my Facebook page back. And I posted some things. And, of course, we posted several things from the London event on Saturday, right? So, lo and behold, I get this message from Facebook yesterday, the fascists over there at Facebook. I was banned for 30 days for this. This is Kate Shimrani and Dr. Kevin Corbett over there in London. She's holding up a sign. Anyone still complicit will be held accountable for crimes against humanity. Okay? I was banned for posting this and for posting what Kate said. No vaccine has ever been proven effective. No vaccine has ever been proven safe. No two vaccines have ever been tested for their efficacy. Therefore, our children being multi-vaccinated are experiments. This is against the Nuremberg Code. There is not one ingredient in any vaccine that is conducive or yeah, conducive to health and well-being that isn't including the ingredients isolated. There are many that are not listed. I am against all poisons and disease-causing agents being injected into all humans and animals. If that makes me an anti-vaxxer, then so be it. That's what Kate Shimarani had to say. And what did Facebook say? They said, this is dangerous content. This dangerous content is apparently, to them, more dangerous than they're censoring the truth. They can't refute the truth of what she said, so they censor it. They cut it off. So that more and more people will die. We do know this. We do know the vaccine, the COVID-19 vaccines that are being put out, the injections, the experimental injections are doing this. They have killed more people following taking those injections in four months than have been reported in 13 plus years on the CDC VAERS report. We do know that. And the adverse effects are through the roof and in Europe it's double. It's more than double. 
So what's more dangerous? Me having a post where people can take information and say, yeah, that's true. No, it's not true. They can make up their own minds. Or keeping the truth from the public in which they run headlong to their own destruction. Now, with that said, I uh, got that out of the way because it it does get on my nerves. Okay, it just it gets on my nerves. Anyway, here we are. It's Rotten to the Core Wednesday. And as always, I have with me Lynn Taylor. Good morning, Lynn. Good morning. And uh, Lynn is chipper this morning. She is... Uh, she is very chipper this morning. So we, we got some things going on here, Lynn. Now, you're, you're talking about uh, Congress being confused. And I got to tell you, there's a part of me that wonders if they are confused or if they're just like their daddy, the devil, and um, uh, they're just following his line to confuse people. And specifically, you're going to be talking about equality and equity. And I think most people in this audience know the difference, but uh, you're going to get to some of that today and more of their usurpations that people need to be aware of what they're doing, uh, both with our money, with our children, or what their aim is mm-hmm. with our children, and uh, mm-hmm. even with us. Right, absolutely. Well, this all um, started when I was doing my usual digging through the congressional bills, and I happened to find a twin pair of bills. Um, it is S213 and HR779, known as the True Equity Act. Now, what true equity stands for, because it's all in capital letters, and as we know, anytime the government has all capital letters on a legislative bill, it's short for something. So I just wanted to show you guys, this is a 40-page bill, okay? And all the sticky notes are what I have to go over today, okay? So this may take a while, but I wanted to build a little bit of context before we did that, okay? But what does true equity stand for? transformational now listen very carefully transformational reforms and updates to ensure educational quality and urgent investments in today's youth act of 2021 so with that said i pulled out my dictionary one more time (laughs) to show us the difference between equal and equity and let me see here. Uh, do, 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 do. I know I marked it. And now I can't find it. Oh, that's hilarious. Okay. Um, equal. The, in, the same in some measure as in an amount, number, rank, magnitude, or the like. All right. If we go over to equity, the quality of being impartial, fair, and just, something that's fair and just. In a law, it is by ethical judgment and fairness rather than by established principles of law. So you've got a lot of wordplay going on here. And what I pointed out when I was sharing this particular article, Tim, was that by just the sheer name of equity being so misused, and you and I have talked about that so many times over this show, that Congress is actually showing us that they care more about money because equity is actually a financial term that has been redefined to somehow fit law. They're showing that they're more concerned with equity or money than they are people, which would mean equality. That's usually how it works in corruption, isn't it? Oh, absolutely it is. Um, Let's see. And I wanted to also point out now, this is another book that Charlotte has recommended. Charlotte Iserby. This is another one that I've not finished going through. It's called A Place Called School. But on page 46, I was going through this 
yesterday, um, I found a reference that would tie right into this equity garbage. Okay. Um, let's see here. All right, this is a quote from Ernest House, Political of Educational Innovation, which was published back in 1974, okay? Unfortunately, the mandate to schools has not been made clear. The Constitution of the United States does not give the federal government responsibility for education and schooling. Duh. Further, there is no federal policy with respect to the nature or quality of educational goals and programs, but federal agencies have entered actively into formulating policies and funding programs in harmony with their interpretation of the equality for educational opportunity. All right, it goes on to say that many state departments of education are organized so as to be effective conduits of federal interventions in school policy and practice. All right. How is that? Uh, how, how are you tying that in with what you've got here? Oh, how am I tying that in? Mm-hmm. Well, here we have. In the very opening lines of S213 and HR 779, to provide for a federal partnership to ensure educational equity and quality. There you go. Bingo. That's mm. how. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, before we get to going through the bill, I wanted to point out, though, in my latest article that Tim has already mentioned, you're going to find the links to both versions. They are exactly the same. So there's you read one, you'll be fine with the other one. But I wanted to point out that you'll also see the people behind the bill sponsors, both from the Senate and from the House. You're also going to find my previous article about Mark Tucker using Maryland because both of the sponsoring Uh, legislators, both in the House and the Senate, are from Maryland. And this is key to understanding why S213 and HR779 are so important, because Tucker was the one who chose Maryland as an experiment to be trotted out around the rest of the nation for how a cradle-to-grave education, ensuring equity and quality would be possible. And here we are. Okay. All right. Let's get to it. What's in there? Sure. This will also tie into Biden's new American Jobs Plan, which I'm going to do an intensive video on that one. It's also going to tie into America's uh, family plan that Biden will trot out tonight, where they're going to raise the business tax about 30 percent to pay for education to force universal pre-K and all kinds of other educational equity inequality. Uh, This will also tie into the Every Student Succeeds Act because it used it as a foundation, Tim, for the Cradle to Graves um, services. And uh, that's where we're going to dive into the bill. Okay. All right. Also, the uh, just to let people know, we had uh, something out on this Biden's American family deal, really strengthening the IRS to go after you with audits. So that's going to be that's going to be something. It isn't just businesses. They're going to be going after individuals, too. There's no doubt. Oh, absolutely. They will. I mean, it's going to be a scary, scary plan. But, yeah, they're going to do all kinds of stuff. But this also this S213 and HR 779, Tim, also tie into uh, 
an April 21st Department of Education announcement that was a state plan template for America's recovery program for emergency education equity and quality emergency funds. And it goes on to tell you that for the states to get the money, oh, here we go again, you have to submit a plan saying that your state is willing to comply to get all the federal funds. It's going to also say uh, or fold into it that uh, the states have to prioritize vaccinating our teachers. It's going to also tie back to more social and emotional learning, more community alignment, more unconstitutional laws to justify it, which brings us to H.R. 779 and S213. Okay, right off the bat, it violates the 10th Amendment. These bills violate the 10th Amendment and the 20 U.S. Code, Section 1232A, which strictly and I put this visual in the article, which strictly prohibits any sort of federal overreach direction uh, about curriculum or resources. No, funding is not listed in that particular one, but we know by sheer default that money runs all of that. So if you want to read that for those who cannot see it, Tim, that would be great. Yeah, this is U.S. Uh, the 20 U.S.C. 1232A. No provision of any applicable program shall be construed to authorize any department, agency, officer, or employee of the United States to exercise any direction, supervision, or control over the curriculum, program of instruction, administration, or personnel of any educational institution, school, or school system. And yet, this is all that they're doing. They're involved in every bit of this in violation of their own law. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, uh, some people, and I've, I've even put this in some of my articles that a lot of this ties back not only to the 10th Amendment that's being violated, but several others, including the 14th, which is about indentured servitude, I believe. But anyway, because that's what all this is setting up. It absolutely is. Um, But anyway, I just wanted to point out that on the very first page, it says at the bottom of the page, Congress finds the following. I hope you're ready for this. The fate of our nation and the opportunities it creates for our children and grandchildren to enjoy successful careers and rewarding lives depends on quality, equal access, and effectiveness of pre-kindergarten through 12th grade education in every local school district across the country. Our education systems must prepare students to compete in an interconnected global economy. Now, despite the current combinations of federal, state, and local funding and innovative educational policies, states with historically well-regarded kindergarten through 12th grade education systems may find their students falling behind their peers nationally and internationally. Isn't that special? They've been doing that for some time, haven't they? Oh, they absolutely have. So this This is what caught me about this bill. A lot of what they are are saying, you know, they need to create another federal partnership, Tim. You're spot on. They're already doing it. So why? We're going to get there. Okay. Now, um, it goes on to say on page three, and this is where we can tie this into the latest um, push for CRT or critical race theory. On the top of page three, even in states with reading and math scores higher than national average, there may be significant and persistent racial 
ethnic and income disparity gaps between students of color and low income students compared to their higher income and white peers. Now, I want to just point out one thing. I am not going to pick uh, apart this. All I'm going to say is not every white person is rich and not every other skin color poor. It depends on so many factors that are none of the school's business, because I'm going to tell you what, I grew up in the poorest county in Georgia. And you know what? White people did not outnumber the black people. And there were many of us who were on the same income level or below. And it wasn't always the typical model of, yes, it's going to be the lighter skin color has the better advantage. So you cannot tell me that garbage like this is not woven in to continue to drive home a false narrative. And I have said this on this show and many others that our government is the biggest race baiter that we have. They certainly are. They certainly are. And people need to keep in mind, again, if we'd go back to our foundations, which are scripture, we would find that God created all nations from one blood. Everybody came from Adam and Eve, guys. So, Mm -hmm. and most of you get that who are listening to the show here, you get that. And a lot of what happens in these in these issues, uh, Lynn, is they get targeted by the government. Then they get pit. Then then the government pits us all one against another, and uh, all of a sudden it's. You know, the sneeches over here who only have one star on their belly that are the troublemakers versus the other guys. And and this is this becomes the problem. So you're exactly right. They're sticking it right, right. here in the midst of education because they want it drilled into kids' heads that there are these distinctions. We want certain people to feel bad because of the way God created them and others to feel good because of the way God created them when the fact of the matter is they're all created in the image of God in the first place. Or they want us to feel good because we've been nice little compliers, especially with the CDC's new garbage about who can, what you can do if you've been vaccinated and what you can't do if you've not been vaccinated. So That's right. I'm just going to tie this right back in. It goes on to say, after it says what it does about the race, the novel coronavirus health pandemic forced the physical closure of schools nationwide in March 2020. So we moved students from the classroom to online learning. The public health necessity to turn to online learning further exacerbated uh, the significant and persistent racial, ethnic, and income disparity learning gaps as students struggle to access educational technology to technology devices, and the internet. So, of course, now we're going to tie it all right back to, yeah, it's all COVID's fault. Okay. Um, Top of page four, millions of children are falling further behind as a result of the opportunity gaps that fail to provide students with ready access to individualized instruction, healthy meals, mental health counseling services, and hands-on career training programs. Now, I want to stop here and point out, these are pointing out to these wraparound services that we have talked about so much. These are ones that Charlotte uh, Iserby and Anita Hogue have pointed to that the school becomes the hub for everything that's connected into your life. And I wanted to pause right here. There's a short video that we're going to see. It describes what a wraparound service does. So if you've never understood just how intrusive it can be and bills like this are going to continue to ramp this intrusiveness up, this would be key to helping us understand. Okay. You want to play that video now? Yep. Let's go ahead and play that now. All right, here we go. 
Wraparound, before it was even called Wraparound, got started several decades ago as a response to what was obviously not working well for children and youth with serious mental health or behavioral challenges and their families. In places where systems of care are not developed, the kinds of intensive and helpful services and supports that children and families need are often simply not available in their communities. And as for the services that are available, they are often focused on what the systems or providers want families and children to do and not Can focused right on what there? children and families need. Did you, he- did you catch that? Not what the families want, but what the system wants. Yep. Okay, keep going. Mm-hmm. Need in order to thrive. This means that children and families are often involved with multiple systems and providers, with each one developing a separate plan telling the child and family what they needed. Not surprisingly, outcomes from this situation were not good. Families and children felt overwhelmed, frustrated, and even angry with the experiences of too many services and too little actual help. Many children ended up placed in residential treatment far away from their families and communities, often for very long periods of time. After being out of home, it was hard for children to come back and do well in their home communities and schools. Wraparound is a completely different way of organizing help when children or youth experience serious mental health or behavioral challenges. In Wraparound, the family's ideas and perspectives about what they need and what will be helpful drive the work. The young person and their family members work with a wraparound care coordinator to bring together people and providers who support them. With the help of the team, the family and young person take the lead in developing creative and individualized services and supports that will help them achieve their own vision for their family. Team members work together to put the plan into action, monitor how well it's working, and change it as needed. There is now strong evidence that when wraparound is done well, we call this done with fidelity, young people are more often able to stay in their home communities or be in out-of-home placements only for short periods of time. Young people in wraparound tend to have better outcomes than similar young people who don't receive wraparound. But the catch here is doing wraparound well. When wraparound is done well, it is a true partnership between young people, their families, the care coordinator, and the rest of the team. Together, they ensure that all of the team's work is grounded in the ideas and preferences of the young person and family, and informed by the knowledge and expertise of all its members. Team members work together to come up with strategies to address the challenges that are most important to the family and to make sure that the services or supports provided are tailored or individualized to reflect what the family and youth think will be most helpful. The resulting plan guides the work of all the team members. The care coordinator oversees implementation of the team plan and works to ensure everyone is successful and completes the task they have agreed to take on. The National Wraparound Initiative and the National Wraparound Implementation Center have gathered many resources and tools to support this work and ensure that wraparound is done well. These materials range from very basic descriptions to highly technical materials and resources focused on very specific topics. We encourage you to visit our websites to learn more.
All right, that's the the. Oh, thank God, that's the end of that thing. One <laughs> of her voice. <laughs> I got. I got to tell you. I, I got to tell you. What parent? You know, uh, there is a place where I almost want to say you you might need to do something before you parent. Although I think that's an unbiblical thing. But but the fact of the matter is, <clears throat> what I see here is why is there a need to always remove children away from the family to get them away from them. Uh, to do their little their little song and dance with them that they want to do is to control them. It is to pit them against their parents. They can say different as long as they want, but this looks like private uh, public private partnerships to me, um, mm-hmm. Lynn. Yeah, which is yeah. which is fascism, and they're doing it in here to attack the family while they're telling telling people that they care for family. My question is is this, and I've had mm-hmm. to deal with uh, like child services and stuff. Here's here's the thing. more than half the people that are going to come tell you what you're doing wrong in your home, what you're doing wrong with your kids or whatever, these people aren't even taking care of their own families. They're either single moms who've who've been put into this and been put on a pedestal and puffed up so they can come attack you and your kids, or they've sent, they farmed their kids out to some kind of daycare center or the public indoctrination centers, and they're not taking care of their kids. And some of them don't even have kids. So what business do they have telling anybody who have children anything about anything? Right. And you bring up a good point, but let's not also uh, overlook the fact that in that video outcomes, and you and I've talked about this again, anytime the federal government or any of their minions uses the word outcome, it is a predicted prescribed formula of what they want you to become, not what God intended you to come and become. And on page five, how this ties into wraparounds, it tells you it provides support to students that need it the most with broad and sustained support for schools serving high concentrations of poverty with after school and summer academic programs and student access to needed health and social services. It also goes on in the bill, Tim, to say that it's going to Um, change some of the language that's in the Every Student Succeeds Act to broaden it so that it goes after at-risk students or students outside where you would normally um, find them, like in, you know, public school. So this is a direct grab again at those who are in alternative education, especially homeschooling. But I wanted us us to go back just for a minute to page four, because it's using all this to say, we're going to use the Maryland Commission on Innovation and Excellence to formulate all kinds of educational policies, and policies are not law, but the reason why I wanted to point out the Maryland Commission on Innovation and Excellence, which I provide a link to you for that report that's in there, you find not only Mark Tucker, but you find Dr. Chester Finn and Linda Darling Hammond, and all three of them are so entrenched in the the globalization that comes with common core state standards. It's not even funny. And again, the reason why Tucker chose Maryland was because it was about the same size as the country Estonia, and Estonia has a well-established cradle-to-grave workforce-based education system, and darn if it's not being trotted out in not only this bill, but other bills like it, okay? So let's move on. Now, number five tells you why they want to have this partnership. It's at the top, excuse me, creating a world-class 
instructional system with an internationally benchmark curriculum that enables most students to achieve college and career readiness by 10th grade and then pursue pathways included in early college, advanced placements, advanced placed courses, or rigorous technical education leading to industry-recognized credentials and high-paying jobs. Now, this is already built into the Every Student Succeeds Act. So while this bill is suggesting new, what it means is they're going to increase it and and make it impossible to get out. It's also going to marry the student longitudinal data system with the Workforce Quality Data Initiative, which is used on every single Uh, education type out there. So just because you're not in public school, don't think you're escaping this because it's got you too. We've already covered how the advanced placement is 100% common core aligned. Uh, It also brings in the career tech education and the STEM. And, you know, I've called these um, out for what they are. It's nothing but adult common core, but it's being thrown back into education so that it can get all those who are outside public education. All right. Um, Bottom of page five, and this is just for kicks and giggles, section three titled the sense of Congress. Yeah. Well, there is no sense, is there? No, there's not, which is why I said it was, you know, it was kind of for kicks and giggles. Okay. All right. On page six, no matter a child's zip code. Now, this is an educratic buzz phrase that has been so overused, and it's based off of the misnomer that, you know, there are going to be, um, there's so much inequality that we have to somehow have the government come in and correct it all. And down through the years, they've not corrected one bit of this by using this phrase. So why they're still using it, I do not know. Um, well, you know, shows all- can, can I throw something in there? This sure. is It's interesting that they keep saying, oh, we have to do this, we have to do this, we have to do this. You know, it's for the sake of the children, it's for the sake of the families, blah, 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 blah. They've been doing this for decades. They've been usurping Mm -hmm. the Tenth Amendment and putting this in place. They've been usurping the jurisdiction of the home, Deuteronomy chapter 6, and and implementing this. And all of the problems that we have today in the education system are problems they created themselves. And they're now saying we have the solution. We have the solution, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. All right. I wanted you to, to hear this. No matter a child's zip code, they deserve equal access to a quality public pre-kindergarten through 12th grade education, no no inequities in student achievement, college enrollment, or federal, state, and local funding should be tolerated. Are you kidding me? It it goes on to say the federal government should live up to its original commitment in 1975's Individual with Disability Education Act. Um, It goes on to say the federal government should be an active partner with state local education agencies who are willing to modify their policies and commit to additional state and local resources to address all this inequality. I'm sorry. You're setting your states up to be nothing but whores. Yeah. Well, they, they should live up to their original commitment, and that original commitment is to stick to the Constitution. Tenth Amendment says anything not authorized 
mm-hmm. to the federal mm-hmm. government by the states are retained by the states and the people, and that includes education. That is mm-hmm. not an issue of the federal government. So they ought to or live up to their... Into, and yeah. how it ties into labor is unconstitutional yeah. as well. I agree. All right. On page seven, you're going to see where it talks about early childhood education. This is going back to that universal preschool that Biden is going to push. But let me say, Trump was pushing it, too. Uh, The man before him was pushing it, too. So this is not just a Democratic issue. Okay, we have had many Republicans say, yeah, we want it, too. But this is going to tell you. This is where they're going to set up the states one more time against each other to compete for federal funding, just like they did with Race to the Top. And they played it out with the Every Student Succeeds Act as well. It's also going to tell you that in the name of all this uh, equity and equality, Tim, that they're going to, in Section 501 of this, this bill, They're going to establish yet more government called state oversight boards. And these state oversight boards are going to be the direct um, in-bed partner with this uh, federal government under this new partnership. So, again, we're going to expand government to solve a problem that should be theirs in the first place. Okay. All right. Just wanted to point that out. Okay. Um, All right. Now. It goes on in this bill to tell us how much money they're going to throw at not only early childhood education, but it's going to tie into, hang on, high quality teachers, um, diverse leadership. It's going to tie into college and career readiness pathways. Hang on. It's going to create a new program called Jumpstart to College, where we're going to open the the doors to homeschoolers as well. It's going to bring in, let's see, what else? Oh, student support services, of course. And yes, more resources to ensure all students are successful. And the government, when they use a word like every or all, they do not mean just your public school children. They mean everyone. They will not exclude whatever education choice you're in. All right, then uh, the last thing is they're going to show more governance and accountability. So the entire total for all this stuff, okay, these competitive grants are going to go all the way to 2023 if they're not renewed before then. All right, $16,626,451,604. Now, Add to that in the language, every one of the sections I just pointed out, they are mandating a matching system by non-federal entities, and this is opening it up to public-private partnerships, that whatever money your state gets, these other entities are to match those funds by two hundred percent. So if you take 16 billion and multiply that, or you might as well say 17 um, billion, if you multiply that by 200 percent, by the time all this is done, you are now giving your taxpayers trillions of dollars worth of misuse in in their funding. Well, yeah, of course, because none of it's constitutional. <laughs> Right, absolutely. What, what, uh, do, what do people expect? Do they expect it not to be corrupt when these guys go off the reservation and start just writing 
uh, bills like this that are going to be passed as law, even though they're not law, and taking money and just printing it out of thin air because we don't have it. Uh, I, yeah. I'm thinking in my mind that some sheriffs someplace ought to be targeting some county commissioners who want to utilize that money. It's 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 bribery is what it is. I, I don't see any other way around it. It's bribery in order to get those federal dollars if they'll implement all this stuff that the feds have no authority to be implementing in the first place. It, it absolutely will. And it's telling you that, you know, we're going to throw in pre-K development grants. Well, we've talked about those before. It's going to uh, spill over into healthcare, of course. Early Head Start, Head Start. Uh, we've already talked about disabilities. And then they're going to be able to say, oh, well, you know what? You state, since you complied with my federal partnership, you can now take part of your money and you can give subgrants to all the entities that want to help you get all of this done. Okay, so the total for early childhood education, $3,458,920,447. And you can find all those figures on page 10. And it will tell you in the preceding pages exactly what all that money is going to do. As far as the teacher's leadership, they're going to get them the most money, which is... and that's for quality education because we have to have quality education that's government funded and government mandated. Well, that's right. We don't want unquality education. Absolutely. Fed funded grants. um, Okay, let's see. So on page 17, uh, where they're talking about uh, the Higher Education Act. So this is going to not only go after the elementary and secondary education act, which was rebranded the every student succeeds Act, it's going to go after the Carl Perkins act, which uh, dictates your uh, career tech education and some of your STEM. It's going to bring in the uh, idea funding for special needs. It's going to bring in uh, the higher education act and the workforce innovation and opportunity act. So it's going to amend several laws, Tim, and we have to have compliance. There has to be compliance. Um, it's just absolutely opening up Pandora's box. Now, I wanted to point out that for this uh, college and career readiness, $561,889,836 for college and career readiness. Well, why is that so low? Because they've pumped all the other funding streams into other directions so that when they get to this, they can say, oh, well, Common Core is dead. Well, no, it's not. (laughs) Now, it's also going to start a new program. Oh, goody, another federal program that's starting is called Jumpstart to to College. And this is to help partnerships between entities such as nonprofit organizations or businesses and help for schools Uh, especially for those at-risk students. And that's on page 19, okay? It goes on to tell you it's going to tie back into the dual or concurrent enrollment programs or early college high school programs or educational service agencies. These are all pointing to the thing of, you know, this is not just for public schools because, again, we have many who are in the homeschool or alternative educations who are using dual enrollment or early college um, programs, 
Okay. All right. Now we got a we got a question in here, and I was thinking it myself. This comes from Jennifer. How can listeners stop this bill? Oh, well, let's see. You could call Cardin's office or Trone's office. The uh, Senator Cardin is in Maryland. Representative Trone is also in Maryland. These are the two main sponsors. And again, if you go back and you look in the article and you find their, there it is, their open secrets, that will give you the money trail of who's backing them and what corporations are backing them so you can understand why they said, oh, yes, I'm going to put my stamp on this. But now the thing we have to remember is they're working hand in hand with Tucker. And Tucker is the one who wrote the Dear Hillary letter that was to promote Clinton's school to work program, which was setting up this mastery based education, this competency based education for nothing more than workforce minions. So how we can stop it, we start off. Yeah, contact your 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 state representatives, because, you know, this is all going to have to be heard by them. Find out what committee that it's in. Contact all those particular representatives and senators, but you've got to get into your local meetings to find out how much they're already in bed with the federal government so that you can say enough is enough. We will not stand to see our taxpayer dollars continue to be misused like this. We need to not have federal partnerships because we've been having them for years and it has not fixed education yet. So what in the name of all that's holy do they think this bill is going to do to correct it? Yeah, um, just so people understand, and I want to give this out because since we're making mention of that, the Mm -hmm. Senate bill is 213. That's the one that you want to oppose. Senate bill 213. And then the House bill is 779, and you're going to want to oppose that in the House with your representatives. So H.R. 779 and S213 in the Senate, and if you want to make your call to your your representative, maybe get a group of people, uh, those who you buddy-buddy with during the week and everything. All of you call the same day within a certain amount of time. That way you kind of let them Mm -hmm. know, hey, we're paying attention to what you're doing there. And uh, we want to let you know this is coming down the pike. Some of them may actually be supporting it, and uh, you might be the influence on them. And this is where the church is supposed to be. We're supposed Mm -hmm. to be going against the gates of hell. This is the gates. Uh, Federal government is literally (laughs) the gates of Mm -hmm. hell. And uh, and we will prevail is what Jesus says. They're not going to prevail against us. So we've got to do our duty in that, make your calls, send your emails, however you want to do that, and uh, let them know about S213. And House Resolution 779. Go ahead, Lynn. Yeah, and I wanted to point out that um, all all through this bill, especially pages 21 and uh, 22 and 23, you're going to see how the digital uh, stackable credits and accreditations and certificates and all this stuff. And this is a grab to go after we're going to ditch diplomas and we're going to go totally digital, which will put you in uh, all those algorithms that force your your government predicted outcome or where you're going to end up being. It's also going to mean that, again, this is going after uh, homeschool students with a vengeance. Um, page 23, it uses the educratic phrase that we have to put best practices forth in education. Well, best practices is something that was created for businesses to stay in businesses, not to be in education. It's also going to point out again that your states have to comply 
to um, the federal government when we were told in our constitution that, you know, that was not supposed to be the case. On page 24, here's where they make a direct grab for anyone who is outside public education. Establish a mechanism to offset the cost, tuition, fees, standardized testing, and performance assessment costs and support services for low-income students and students from underrepresented populations enrolled in early college and high schools, dual or concurrent enrollment. To establish a formal transfer system within and across state higher education systems, including two-year and four-year public-private institutions to maximize transferability of college courses and to provide incentives to the school districts. So what we're seeing is not only will this target all your school choices, which we know, you know, that's a lie, because they're all learning the same thing. They're all taking the same tests. It also sets up a standardized or federalized data system that's going to cookie cutter your higher institutions. And let's not forget that the two-year colleges are also known as community colleges. And in Biden's American Family Plan, when he talks about that tonight, watch him where he says he wants free community college for all. And as we have said many times on this show, Free is not free. It will come back to bite us in the bottom somewhere else. That's exactly right. We're going to be paying for it. That's for sure. Yeah. Now, believe it or not, this bill has more. And I know we're coming up on the end of the hour. So if we want to see how this connects to the UN, we need to keep going. Uh, So I will get that in before the end of the hour. So if someone has to leave, they can. Um, Page 25, we want to encourage the use of college instructors to teach college courses in high school. We want to support initiatives to improve the quality of early college, high school, and dual or concurrent enrollments that are uh, using international baccalaureate or advanced placement. Now, International Baccalaureate, and Tim, you and I have been over this many, many times, was founded out of the U.N., written by UN minions, and pushes a globalized, uh, mindless dummy kind of education. Well, of course it does. And again, this uh, this is the dumbing down. This is what we had Charlotte on for uh, that Mm -hmm. time the other week. And I'll have that in the archive for people who missed it. But I mean, she's the one uncovering. Now, I got to tell you, you know, I had had a friend saying uh, that one of his friends said we gave Reagan too much hard of a time. You know, they probably threatened his family. It was after the assassination attempt, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, as a man, I get it. I I get the being concerned about your family, all this other. But the fact of the matter is he has a job to do. If he sold out there because of that, it's still a sellout no matter what the reason was for it. Can I understand it? Yeah. Do I approve of it? No. Uh, The scripture still says the cowardly and unbelieving are the first ones mentioned going into the lake of fire. So, again, there has to be a trust in God that we're doing the right thing. We do the right thing no matter what the cost is to us, or or we are selling out at some point. And despite other people making understand that, the fact of the matter is we do what we do, you know, before the face of God. Right. And now at the bottom of page 29, I don't want people to miss this. How the state will carry out the mandatory state activities that are in this bill 
and then all the bills that it, it attaches itself to. So there you have your government telling you, everyone, yeah, we know we're not supposed to give mandates, but we're going to do it anyway. Yeah, it's just in the people's faces. But here's the problem. Most people, Lynn, don't have a clue who are in America don't have a clue that the federal government is not to be dictating, funding, instructing, any of this stuff concerning education. One, because they don't know the Constitution. Two, they've always grown up in the society the way it is, and they've watched the media, and it's told them, oh, government needs to be involved in education. And they went through the public indoctrination centers, too, and they've never questioned it. So why would they think that they're somehow doing something wrong here? Uh, In fact... On the issue of education, you and I have talked about this plenty of times. The mm-hmm. the the, and I hate to even use it, but the the right is just as much in favor of this usurpation of authority mm-hmm. as the left is when it comes to mm-hmm. education. It doesn't matter if it was Donald Trump, Obama, Joe Biden, and his usurpation, uh, or Clinton, or Bush, or whoever. Both of them were just right on the ball with that, saying, yep, just fine for the feds to just put their mon- put their nose in a place where they were never authorized to be. Right, absolutely. Now, we know by it taking in all these education and workforce laws, this is where you can see the uh, cradle-to-grave, birth-to-death streamlining that's uh, popping up. You can also see the in this... If you go and look up these particular uh, laws, you'll see when they talk about a specific section, for example, on page 26, the Carl D. Perkins Career and Tech Ed Act of 2006, this is all about skill-based education. When they talk about the Workforce Innovation and Opportunity Act, they're talking about older Americans and immigrants and how they're going to get them in this system. Of course, we know with the special needs, the early childhood education, the K through 12, and it's all for leveraging the government against the people. And anytime the government leverages, they're going to either use money or some sort of service or program, and their leverage ends up that we lose our freedom and our right to be who we want, and we become, like that video said, what the system wants. That's right. Uh, Lynn, are you going to need time over? Yes, I will. Okay. All right. you got about 20 seconds. Tell people where they can find out more about you. All right, commoncordiva.com. If you wish to help offset any financial costs that I'm about to incur with going to speak again, there's a donate button. It'll go directly to my PayPal account, and I thank you for that support. If not, prayer support is always needed, and you can find me on all the usual social media platforms. All right, Lynn Taylor, Rotten of the Corn Wednesday. We appreciate your time as always, guys. We're going to hang over just a little bit with Lynn. She's got some other stuff she wants to go over uh, with us and exposing all of this. We appreciate your support. Thank you for being with us. If you want to join us, jump over on sonsoflibertymedia.com, right side of the page, 23 hours. We'll see you. All right, I want to welcome everybody coming over from Red State Talk Radio, and I appreciate you guys hanging on in the chat room as well. And, uh, Lynn, if you want to get to it, uh, the stuff that you got to cover for the rest of the show here. Sure. Okay. Um, We're about to get into the part where we're talking about the social and emotional learning and the student supports all supposedly in the name of success. But I wanted to point back to Mark Tucker because he is such a toxic influence on education. And of course, this particular image, I did send Tim in the email for today. But these are, and you'll see some of the remarks that he has about what he really feels about humans, especially when it comes to education. And I'm surprised God hasn't, you know, 
struck him dead. But anyway, um, here are some of the things that he has to say that we need to ratchet up educational standards to offset the artificial intelligence globalization, which could wipe us all out. Well, you know what? You're ramping up educational standards, but you're not doing it to save yourself from artificial intelligence as he wants you to believe. It's helping set it up so that it can be more conducive with artificial intelligence. So there's the real agenda, okay? You're also setting up globalized education standards that do not promote academics, but workforce-based education. So you really have to watch what he's saying because what he's saying is going to make you feel good, but it's really what's underneath it that he's not saying that you should go, this man is really evil, all right? You need to gain the students' hearts before they, before their heads because they'll trust you more. So this is where we see these social and emotional learning uh, services and wraparounds coming not after only the public school children, but uh, the families in your community. Again, remember, the school is supposed to be the hub for your neighborhood where all these services will make sure that you're being a good family in government compliance. All right. Uh, Let's see here. Um, If we don't improve career tech education without improving academics, we'll have barely educated citizens without jobs. Really, we have very many educated people without jobs right now because of COVID. And in debt, I might add. Right. Absolutely. So, again, this man is really evil, but he's been touted along with Chester Finn and along with Linda Darlin Hammond and Senator Cardin and Representative Trone and all the idiots who are joining them. This is what they're trotting out, not just for Maryland. They're using Maryland now as the template for the nation. Because that's what the point was. So you've got Tucker, who took the Estonia model, experimented it um, in Maryland, found that it worked, and now they're ready to trot this out to the nation, which is what S213 and HR779 really mean to do. Well, I got news for him. Um, the Brown House ain't doing it. <laughs> I understand. The Brown House ain't doing it and will oppose it. And I think this is the thing. I don't think that people have still got it yet. And I do think there is something to be said for small numbers. I don't think it takes a majority of the people to deal with this. It's a Mm -hmm. small number of people pushing it. It only takes a small number of people to push back. And again, I say it again. Those of you listening um, by way of radio or video or whatever, whatever, you're you're the solution to this. You are the solution to it, but uh, but you've, you've got to push back. It's not just enough to say, um, I'm not going to do it. it. It's a thing of pushing back against it uh, to show that, it, to demonstrate that one, it's unlawful, and two, it is, it's unprofitable. I mean, again, we could go back over decades where they've been implementing this stuff, and how has education gone in America? Well, it's gone in the toilet. I mean, we used to be at the at the top of the world stage as far as our education, and now we're just down among, you know, third world countries, if you want to, if you want to be honest about it, where we fall in our education process. But that was part of the plan, Tim. Yep. yep. That was part to level that lobster pot. It absolutely was. Now, as far as the total for student 
supports and resources that, again, are going to spill out into the community. And I'm fixing to tell you how. But let me give you the price tag on this section. Eight billion. This is by far and away the the, the biggest um, uh, portion of this of these bills. Eight billion two hundred fifty one million five hundred fifty seven thousand eight hundred fifty six dollars. Now, here's where you're going to see it spill into the community. Improving basic programs that are run by your local education uh, agencies, which, again, go into nonprofits, public-private partnerships. They uh, combine after-school programs for the communities, uh, libraries, museums, things like that. The education of migrant children, the prevent and intervene um, neglected or at-risk delinquent children, And believe it or not, homeschoolers are thrown in the at-risk category because the government feels that they're not being properly educated. So, again, the government is the solution. Uh, Flexible, equitable, per-pupil money. And we need to watch that because in the element uh, in the um, Every Student Succeeds Act, Title I funds, which were supposed to go for low income students, were recalculated to across the board medicalize the schools so that every student could be labeled and therefore causing your system to double dip into, oh, well, not only is this about education, but this is about medicalizing and labeling for behavior problems, which, oh, by the way, we have the answer for that too. Uh, State access, uh, state assessment grants, so your high stakes testing, Um, your accountability and administration. What accountability? There should be none because it's not even supposed to be there. Your student support and achievement grants. These are things that are already in your states, folks. And these are the ways they're going to come in and say, oh, yes, we need to do this even more. Anywhere you have a 21st century community learning center, which is that hub that we've been warned about. Full service community schools, which, again, goes after the full family, the whole child, because the whole child has not been properly educated. Therefore, it's the government's job to do that. Um, You also have magnet schools, promised neighborhoods, um, and then you have incentivizing awards for academic achievement. Believe it or not, the states are lining up for that kind of stuff. You also have, let's see, uh, okay, that is all about the supports and resources. Now, here's where they create and expand more government, Tim. This is section 501, and you can find this on page 32, this is where these bills set up yet more government. And again, these state boards that are oversight are going to be the main partners with this supposed new federal partnership. And here's what they're supposed to do. States shall establish an oversight board that is independent of the state educational agency. So in other words, in your state, if you have like North Carolina, we have a Department of Non-Public Education, which is separate from the Department of Public Instruction. This will set up yet another office called the State Oversight Board, and it's going to ensure educational equity in the state. It will hold the state educational agency like the Department of Public Instruction and local education agencies in the state accountable for failure to meet educational equity. So who gets to decide what a failure is and a success is? Is it your state or is it going to be this the, the federal government? Oh, I don't think it's going to be either. I think it's going to be whoever's on the front lines, our little public-private partnerships. They're going to be determining who's going to be the failure and who's going to – from the state yeah. standpoint – 
whether mm-hmm. it's feds or the, the individual states, it's going to be – it's always going to be a failure. We can never throw enough money at it. We can never write enough rules right. about it. It's because you people need us. That's that's their, that's going to be their, their angle. But the people on the front lines uh, who are the public-private partnerships, the little people you're going to run Johnny and Susie down there uh, to because you don't know how to be a mom or dad – uh, and and turn them over to them. Well, they're going to be the ones to determine whether you're a failure or not. Whether you get to keep your kids, whether you get to have a job, whether you get to have a house or any of that stuff. Right now, these these new boards, this expanded government. Not only are they going to get to determine who's a failure and who's not, they have to kowtow to the Secretary of Education on a yearly basis on the progress of what's going on in the state. Well, this is kind of dumb because that's what the the state departments are supposed to do anyway under the Every Student Succeeds Act. So it's not that this is a new partnership. This is enlarging and expanding the existing one. It's also going to sit here and tell you that these boards have to make educational goals for the state that include requirements set out by the feds. And it's also going to, and this is where the feds really will have their strings in the technical assistance, because it all has to go online, Tim, because we can't meet in person. Because if I breathe on you in person, I'm going to make you sick. (laughs) That's exactly right. Well, at least that's what they want us to think anyway. Right. Now, and the last thing I want to point out, and this is in the backside of the bill, which would be around 30 pages, 34 through 40, the shifting in the language of all the bills they're going to amend will widen the circle of who is impacted and how they're impacted. In other words, uh, we're going to see the uh, shift from free school lunches to anyone who's eligible for a free meal in your community. Okay. Uh, where is it? Go- is the government's job to feed me? It's not. It is it's the church's. Not. It's actually it, the church's job to do that for the poor and for the needy. I understand. But and this is another scary thing. They're changing it from state local education in, in some of the language changes. You'll see a shift that goes insert a certain state educational agency on behalf of the state's local education agencies. So we're shifting from local education agencies to a state education agency on the behalf of them. Why? I I, I don't understand this. Then now here's the one that really gets me. Consolidated state will replace local education. Are we talking consolidated state as in consolidated plan for North Carolina? No, we are talking a consolidated state, lower, uh, you know, uh, existence of how the government is going to dictate what happens in education. All right. So if this is not enough stuff to get you fired up to say, not in my backyard, I don't know what will do it. Well, I don't either. And it first begins at home. You know, there's a lot of talk in the chat um, mm-hmm. that, that our only hope is for God to save us. And that's true. Uh, and in the same respect, he often uses means. Sometimes he does it supernaturally on his own. There's no question about that. But he often uses means, and that means men and women who actually believe what he said, and they resist the tyrants. Okay? That's what we're talking about today. We're talking about here's the tyrants coming in, 
And they're telling you this is how you do education when the Bible tells us that how you do education is mom and dad teaching their kids. And you made mention a minute ago, uh, Lynn, about mm-hmm. the these these teachers, these instructors and all winning the hearts of the children. Well, why would any parent want somebody else, especially an agent of the state, to win the heart of their child instead of them winning the, the, the hearts of their children? If this doesn't tell you what they're after, nothing will. And it's up to the people to repent and to do what's right before God. It's, it's your jurisdiction, mom and dad. Uh, the home wow. is your jurisdiction. God gave those children to you, not the state. And uh, so you've got to be the ones to take the stand and trust God that he's going to fight the battle on your behalf. doesn't mean he he's just going to go out there and do something, you know, all the other way. It's going to be an <clears throat> issue of you taking the stand. David didn't go out and say, oh, God's going to take care of things uh, against Goliath. He went and he grabbed some stones. He grabbed five of them, actually. Some of them say he went after Goliath's brother with the other ones. But the, but the point is, is that he went out there, got the stones. He had the sling. He slung the rock. And he even got the sword and cut Goliath's head off. And the point is, is the people, you cannot sit back and just expect God to do something if you're not willing to go put the shoes on and go and, and put feet to your prayers. Because that's the way it has always been throughout Scripture, is God used faithful men and faithful women to go and accomplish His, his purposes. Uh, with that said, uh, Lynn, is there a final comment you want to make before we close out the show? I just want to encourage folks to, you know, as long as you're drawing breath, God is not done with you. And you might just, as Tim has pointed out earlier, you might just be that influence. You might be that one voice that puts it over the top that helps stop some of this. But here's something that, that, you know, I understand you want to run, you want to hide, you want to just, you know, God come in and, and save, save us all and take us to heaven. And then we won't have to deal with it. I get every one of those Uh, feelings myself. But here's the thing. I'm still here, which means my job is not done. And as long as my job is not done, I have a mouth, I have a brain, and I'm putting them to use to raise awareness so that you can be armed to get out there and fight locally. You know, there's nowhere that we can hide in education. You know, we knew this was coming. It's not just public school. It is in every school choice because there is no choice. You learn the same thing, just in a different way. You take the same test. We have, we have to unite. We have to say no. We have to show them that we mean we're going to be the type of parents who will resist and who will take charge of how our children are taught. Yeah, amen, amen. And remember, the fight is in your own backyard. It's not in D.C., even though we're reading DC bills, the fight is in your backyard, and uh, and that's where that's where you need to be fighting. All right, guys, I'm going to close out the show here today. Appreciate you guys hanging over with us a little bit extra. Uh, go out in the strength and the power of the Lord. Uh, the Bible tells us to put on the armor of God uh, that we may be able to fight against um, the powers of wickedness in high places. And go and do that today. Today's your, your opportunity to do that. You want to get in the fight? There it is. You got it right before you write today. So with that said, don't miss Bradley, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. You can catch him there, and then we'll be back with you tomorrow. I think we're probably going to pick up this uh, bombshell that came out of Australia uh, and them saying they're authorizing the injection of poisons. That's right, the injection of poisons 
and they label it as COVID-19 vaccines. Uh, so you don't want to miss that. We'll probably talk about that in the morning, Lord willing. Uh, don't forget, Bradley, 3 p.m. See you.